0: Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, March 9th, and you're tuned into the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this live weekly call-in program. The Parents of Prodigals podcast is a live program, again, committed to Dedicated and, yes, consecrated to the ministry of prayer, intercession, and supplication, and spiritual warfare on behalf of those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters. Every week at this same time, between the hours of 7 and 8, Although, as the Spirit leads, we may go past 8 o'clock, but every week at the same time, we come together. This is a time of ironing, sharpening iron, spiritual mutual edification. Well, we invite you, the listener, to participate and call in with your prayer requests. If you have an unsaved or backslidden son or daughter, who has wandered from the faith or has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we will lift them up before the throne of grace and pray their deliverance from whatever is holding them in bondage, and that the Spirit of God convict them of their sin, and that they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, surrendering fully to him. The Bible says that now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. I've said this before in several of my previous podcasts, if not all of them, I don't believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in the last seconds, the last moments. The next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture of the church, 1 Thessalonians mentions. That the lord will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of god the rapture is that event it's a live event it is going to happen it is not a fairy tale it is not something that christians believe in that is unreal it is actually going to happen it could happen tonight but it is the event when jesus comes back to earth and removes all born-again believers all of his children those who have surrendered their lives to him, who are born again, <coughs> excuse me, who are saved, and he'll remove them from the earth. And once he removes them from the earth, there's going to be a period of time called this seven-year tribulation period, a period of time when God will pour out his wrath on an unrepentant and rebellious world. You and I don't want our unsaved sons and daughters to be left behind and face this terrible time of judgment. But nor do we want them to enter a Christless eternity. The Word of God says that it is appointed once for men to die, and after this to judgment. We see it all over the news. Young people dying of heart attacks or diseases. The Word of God says that in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear and these are perilous times wars and rumors of wars economic uncertainty international conflict and tension and many people are wondering what's going to happen next but if you are a born-again believer and have accepted christ as your lord and savior everything is under control and you are in god's hands And so we invite you to be a participant in this live podcast. Call in your prayer request. and We will lift up your prodigal son and daughter before the Lord so that they can have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We also invite you to chime in with an insight. Maybe you have an insight. Something you have to say can encourage and strengthen someone who needs to hear. A word of encouragement. Maybe you'd like to share a scripture or share a testimony of what the Lord is doing in the life of your prodigal son or daughter. So please don't hesitate to participate in our live podcast. We want to welcome listeners from the following states. I like to mention these listeners also both nationally and internationally. We want to welcome our listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Minnesota, and Alabama. We also have listeners in Mexico, Australia, and most recently, In France, you know, some people are listening to this podcast live as it airs. There are time differences in many of these localities, and some people may still be listening live. Some people may be downloading this podcast at a later time because of the time difference, or maybe they are unable to listen to it live. That's okay because there are no constraints or restraints on the Spirit of God. He can move as easily during a download as he can live. (coughs) Excuse me. So we welcome, we welcome all the listeners. Later on in our podcast, we will be presenting several prayer requests, lifting them up before the throne of grace. And throughout these past several weeks, we've been lifting up the same names. And we need to continue to lift up these same names. We invite you to text in your prayer request. We'll see it in our board, and we will lift up your prayer request. If you want it to remain anonymous, we will respect your privacy. We don't want to embarrass anyone. It can be an unspoken request. We may not know the details, but God knows all things. All the details are bare before Him. I want to start off with a word of prayer before we enter our devotional. Father, I thank you for this brief time in all of eternity, the hours of 7 to 8, when we can come together and share your Word, the sacred and holy Word of God. This is a special time of ministry to all of us, myself included, who have sons and daughters who are either backslidden or unsaved. You are not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance Lord and so father we just pray that you bless this time Lord of ironing sharpening iron put a hot coal on my lips so that what I say are not my words but your words for the edification encouragement and strengthening of those who are listening if there are parents of prodigals who are listening strengthen them encourage them Lord God remove any anxiety or tension or stress that they may feel, and give them sweet peace and strength, their prodigal will be on the road to salvation. And if there is a prodigal, a wayward son and daughter who may be listening to this podcast, Father, I pray that your Spirit touch their hearts and touch their minds, convict them of their sin. Let your Word fall on good ground, both on the, both on the unbeliever and on the believer, Lord God. Let it bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you, Lord God. Amen. The title of tonight's devotion is The Battle Scenario of Intercessory Prayer. The Battle Scenario of Intercessory Prayer, a relevant topic for the podcast like this, since this is the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and it is focused on praying for our prodigals. Our scripture text is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12. The book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, and I'll give you a moment to find that scripture text in your Bibles. You know, of all the forms of prayer, whether it's petition or supplication, worship or thanksgiving or praise, I found that intercession is the type of prayer that can be considered the most work it's a true battle you know thanksgiving and praise and worship can be very easy at times and we can usually pray our way even if we don't feel like worshiping god it can be a glorious experience and even when we are not in the mood to worship we can often praise our way to victory the word of god in psalm 22 verse 3 says that god inhabits the praises of his people When it comes to petition we can present before the lord our requests for provision for wisdom for guidance for strength or anything else we may need for the lord to supply and this can be somewhat easy as well because we can become so easily involved in our own needs no problem with that but when you and i begin to intercede that's when true labor and struggle sets in Paul, in his closing remarks to the church at Colossae, mentions one of his fellow laborers in the faith, Epaphras. In chapter 4, verse 12, Paul states, Epaphras, who was one of your servants of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervent for you, in prayers. Here prayer is described as work. And through intercessory prayer, we reach out beyond ourselves and pray not for our own needs, but for the needs of those around us. We pray for our prodigal sons and daughters who don't know Christ as Savior yet. It's during intercessory prayer that we become aware of what prayer actually is. It's a spiritual battle. In fact, those two words in the phrase laboring fervently that Paul uses, is compacted in the Greek word agonesomai, agonesomai. In the Greek physical contests of the first century, boxing was combined with wrestling. And the gloves of the two boxers were lined on the inside with fur, but made on the outside of oxhide with lead and iron sewn into it. The loser in this unbelievable contest would have his eyes gouged out if he either lost a struggle or submitted. Laboring fervently, Agonazomai describes the intensity, the furious struggle during this fight to overcome the adversary, considering the price of defeat or caving in. Now apply this picture of intercessory prayer with the effort that's necessary in praying for others. It's a true struggle. Agonizamai emphasizes concentration, discipline, conviction, and effort. Let's read our text together. Colossians 4, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, there's a conflict taking place all around us continually. It's a spiritual conflict. It's invisible to our physical eyes. And this conflict is in the spirit world, which is divided into two categories, the forces of God and the forces of Satan. And they're in constant combat with one another, and they're diametrically opposed to each other. When you and I enter intercessory prayer, We step right into the battle and begin to fight in this spiritual warfare. The scene of this spiritual conflict is right here on earth, and the purpose of this conflict is control of the earth and the individual lives that are on it. And in our case, the price are the souls of our prodigal sons and daughters. The enemy wants to see them dead and in a Christless eternity, and you and I want to see them come to salvation this is a fight to the death no prisoners will be taken it's either victory or death and satan applies tremendous force and pressure to keep people in his camp prisoners in bondage much like lot when he was held prisoner in genesis chapter 14 by the armies of several kings and abraham entered the enemy's camp and rescued him and that's what we need to do during intercessory prayer and as we enter this struggle you and I rush into the thick of the battle it becomes work because we're going up against the forces of darkness and hell now Satan is a very stubborn enemy and he's very obstinate in terms of his fight he yields only when he must or what he must And therefore our prayers for our prodigal sons and daughters must be very specific. Vague general prayers like, God save my daughter, may not suffice. But when you bring an individual before the Lord, laying claim to that person for Christ, you begin to be specific in prayer, and Satan has to yield. You can picture the prayer, Lord, Save my son, Paul. Save my son, Joshua. Save my daughter, Mary. They are bound by the power of Satan. Their lives are being ruined and twisted. I come against the works of Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. And in this victory, Lord, free them from Satan's power that's holding them in bondage today. Release and deliver them now. Let your Holy Spirit speak to their hearts. And convict them of their sin and silence the lies of the enemy. And we have to also remember that Satan is persistent. Even when you see some victory, we have to continue in prayer to hold the ground that we gained. The ground we have taken must be held by prayer and faith. His counterattack may come in many forms. Maybe the counterattack will come in the form of discouragement. You're wasting your time praying. All this effort was for nothing. Nothing is going to change. Or maybe he'll attack you while you're praying. That can happen as well. I myself find that when I'm engaged in worship or in thanksgiving during my private times, or even when I'm petitioning the Lord for my own situation, I don't run into as much opposition or distraction or attack. when i start to intercede for my son and daughter and then all of a sudden the phone rings or doubts and anxiety come into my mind or the enemy again will whisper in my ear that it's no use they are too far gone they're not going to come to christ this type of prayer has to persevere intercessory prayer especially for our prodigals is the deciding factor And that's why Satan fights against it so much. Now, I mentioned this last night during a Wednesday night Bible study that I was presiding over. Think of of it in terms of this. Suppose that someone attacked you on a dark street and started struggling with you. And if this attacker were to pull out a knife, the whole battle would suddenly be centered on one thing. Control of the knife. And all of a sudden you'd throw all caution to the wind you'd be grabbing for their wrist or trying to knock the knife out of their hand because you realize that this was a deciding factor in this battle and satan knows that intercessory prayer can make all the difference between the continued bondage and liberating deliverance when praying for our wayward sons and daughters especially when accompanied with fasting In Mark chapter 9, Jesus tells his disciples that this particular instance, when they couldn't cast out an evil spirit from a young boy, was because some circumstances call for particular methods and weapons. And fasting, when coupled with prayer, are one of those methods and weapons. Fasting intensifies the importunity, intensity, and focus of prayer. And God always honors that. I think many times of when I am praying for my son and daughter, and I am on my knees and interceding for them. And as I'm praying for them, that the Spirit of God touched their hearts and minds. But at the same time, after petitioning and interceding for them, then the warfare comes in, going up against the powers of darkness, binding the works of the enemy, that I know are at work in their lives. There is no way the enemy is going to let you get away with praying for your prodigal sons and daughters. For that matter, you and I must continue to persevere in prayer, fasting if necessary for them. I mentioned again also yesterday during a podcast when the Word of God mentions that our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And this powerful weapon, this stronghold that we have, is intercessory prayer. It bears repeating, and so I will say it again as a background. The Apostle Paul was from the city of Tarsus, and Tarsus was in a land called Cilicia. And in Cilicia, there were pirates, and these pirates used to attack Roman ships that would transport food from Judea. To the roman empire now the roman army was invincible on land any army that fought against rome would be defeated but on the sea the cilician pirates were equally invincible and so roman ships would sail past cilicia it was the necessary route that they had to take full of food to feed the roman population but the cilician pirates had these fortifications built high up on cliff sides. And when the Roman ships would pass by these cliffs, the fortifications above them would hurl rocks down, boulders from catapults, and these boulders would crash into the Roman ships. And then when the ships were crippled and beyond moving any further, Cilician pirates and their ships would come around Attacked the crippled Roman ships, killed the sailors, and steal the food. Rome was beside itself. The Romans had a word for these fortifications that were up on the cliffs. The Romans referred to them as strongholds. That word stronghold was a Roman term that was used to describe these fortifications. In fact, the fortifications themselves were not the strongholds. The strongholds were the stone walls that were built to protect the Cilician pirates from any Roman attack. And Rome didn't know what to do. So they contacted one of their famous generals, a general by the name of Pompey. And Pompey was also an expert in engineering. And they asked him and assigned him with the task of defeating the Cilician pirates. And so Pompey came up with a new weapon Roman ships were equipped with catapults and large slingshots, and and these catapults had chains and powerful strong ropes. At the end of these chains and ropes were grappling hooks, giant grappling hooks. And when these grappling hooks and their chains were catapulted towards the Salesian stronghold walls, the hook would grab onto the wall, and the Roman ships would use their oarsmen, and pull on the rope. And the grappling hooks would pull down the stronghold walls. (coughs) And one by one, the stronghold walls came down. And when the walls came down, the Salesian pirates were no longer protected by their strongholds. They were exposed so that the Romans could attack them. Potens armarium, Latin is what pompey described them as in english the word is mighty weapons that were used to the pulling down of the strongholds paul used this terminology because he knew people would understand what he meant by that when we read this verse they're just words on a page usually but the people back in the days of the first century knew exactly what paul was referring to the grappling hooks that were used to pull down the strongholds of the Silesian pirates' walls, which led to Roman victory and the captivity of the Silesian pirates and their defeat. And in that same way, our potens, our marium, our mighty weapons that are powerful to the pulling down of the enemy's strongholds, is prayer and fasting. And so I leave you with this. You and I, as parents of prodigals, cannot sleep, cannot slumber, cannot be apathetic or lethargic. We cannot take for granted, we should not take for granted, that maybe there's a co-worker or a friend or a neighbor that will minister to our prodigal sons and daughters. That very well may be the case, but we still have an obligation to pray, for our prodigal sons and daughters. I also mentioned in yesterday's Bible study that Ezekiel was described as being a watchman on the wall, and watchmen on city walls were tasked to look out for enemy attacks. And if a watchman saw an enemy coming and failed to warn the population, then the city could be overtaken. You and I, as parents of prodigals, are the spiritual watchmen, and we need to warn our prodigal sons and daughters that Christ is coming soon, and they need to surrender their lives to Him. And like a responsible watchman, we need to also pray and fast. Our testimony before our unbelieving sons and daughters has to be sound. We must be salt and light to our prodigal sons and daughters. But again, we can testify we can preach we can give them tracts we can play christian music we can ask them to come to church we can read scripture verses but most of all we need to use the stronghold the, the mighty weapon of prayer and fasting to pull down whatever strongholds are holding our sons and daughters in bondage it could be alcoholism drug addiction alternative lifestyles Peer pressure, depression, low self-esteem, guilt over previous failures in life. It may be addiction to sex. It may be money. It may be partying. No matter what it is, no matter what the stronghold is, our potents are Miriam. Our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of those strongholds. Praying and fasting these are the weapons that we use to pull down the strongholds and they are mighty And we need to continue fervently in prayer laboring fervently like Epephras. i leave you with that at the end of this devotion please join me in a word of prayer father i thank you for this time lord god of sharing your word and i pray father that lord I myself have not arrived. I did not share this devotion because I am some kind of a super prayer warrior. I myself need the ministering and strength of the Holy Spirit. Your word says that we have to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord God, I pray for myself as well as all the parents of prodigals who are listening to this podcast. Make us mighty in prayer, make us all prayer warriors. Help us all to intercede and go up against the enemy in spiritual warfare, in intercessory prayer. Help us to labor fervently in prayer, not to throw in the towel. And when we're interceding for our sons and daughters, the enemy may whisper in our ear, you're wasting your time. It's no use. Give it up. You've prayed long enough. Two minutes is fine. Don't overdo it. You're tired. There's your favorite shows on TV. Whatever the enemy whispers in our ear, Heavenly Father, help us to ignore it. You steadfast therein. Stekos, Lord God, in Greek. Stand fast. Help us to stand fast in intercessory prayer for all of our prodigal sons and daughters. Make us, if we're not prayer warriors already, make us prayer warriors. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to take a musical interlude at this time. And when we return, I'll be sharing some more insights. Again, you're listening to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We've come to the halfway mark of our program. And following this musical interlude, we'll be sharing more of God's Word. And we will be coming before the throne of grace to pray for the requests that we have re-received. And so please be blessed by this musical interlude, and we shall return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Please stay tuned. Draw me close close to you. you bye Welcome you to the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this time together, and I hope that you were blessed by that musical interlude. Again, this is a live podcast, and we invite your participation. If you decide or you'd like to call in and share an insight, share a scripture, share a testimony, We would love to hear from you. Or if you have a prayer request, we will lift it up before the throne of grace. I'm going to be reading from Psalm number two, Psalm number two. I'll be reading verses one through three. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. I mentioned earlier that after the rapture takes place is going to be a period of time when God will pour out his wrath on an unrepentant and rebellious world. And Psalm 2 describes the nations of the world viewing God as a taskmaster, wanting to throw off any chains, any sense of obligation to live for him. Their view of God is they want nothing to do with him. They don't want to serve him. They don't want his word. They don't want to live according to his will. They don't even want to acknowledge him. You know, back in the days of the Old Testament, considering the background historically of this Psalm, whenever there was the installation of a new king in a kingdom, the nations that were in captivity to the king who was in charge, would try to take advantage of the transitional period. And so if one king died or abdicated and a new king was going to be installed, the nations that were subject to the one that was in charge would try to see this as an opportunity to rebel and cast off the cords of servitude. That's the background of Psalm number two. The nations raging and plotting a vain thing, setting themselves against whatever ruler was in charge. Right now, this world is in rebellion against God, as it has been for the longest period of time. In previous podcasts, I spoke about not just the prodigal son, I spoke about prodigal churches, churches that deviate from sound doctrine whose only concern was preaching a self-help, easy listening, motivational message, no mention of consecration or accepting Christ, no mention of hell or the grave out of fear of offending people. I mentioned the prodigal parent, not just prodigal son or prodigal children, but a prodigal parent, parents who abdicate and their responsibility to be salt and light to their wayward and unsaved children maybe they would prefer to be more friends with their children than parents They don't want to say anything that'll anger them i mentioned in a previous study that we as believers have to be salt before our unsaved and prodigal sons and daughters, and our lives should create thirst like salt does. Our prodigal sons and daughters should thirst for salvation when they see the peace that passes all understanding in our lives and the joy that we have in the midst of difficulty. But salt also has another effect, aside from creating thirst, salt also can irritate. And there is no doubt that if you and I, as parents of prodigals, choose to live a holy life before our prodigal sons and daughters, witnessing to them, speaking to them, sharing our testimony with them, playing Christian music in our homes, even something as simple as saying grace, when they're with us, maybe visiting us for dinner or dining out, something as Simple as saying grace can irritate an unsaved person. They may think it's foolish. They may think it's ridiculous. And so many times we as parents will compromise, maybe water down the message of salvation. There are prodigal sons, there are prodigal churches, and there are prodigal parents. This world is in rebellion. The very first prodigal. The very first prodigals were Adam and Eve, rebelling against God, choosing to listen to the lies of the enemy, and as a result, forfeiting their fellowship with God. This world is a prodigal planet. Back in the 70s, I became a believer in 1976 at the age of 16. And the famous author, Hal Lindsey, wrote several books of biblical prophecy. One of them was called The Late Great Planet Earth, a bestseller. But he also wrote a subsequent book called The Prodigal Planet. And he described in this book how the nations of the world were turning away from God and how the entire world was not only in rebellion against God, But being in rebellion they would face the judgment of god and so you and i as parents of wayward and unsaved sons and daughters have a responsibility our prodigal sons and daughters like the nations in psalm 2 don't want to submit to god they want to throw off any chains of serving the lord they want to be free to do their own thing and live their own lives but the result is going to be alienation from God and a Christless eternity. This is God's world. He created it. We don't call the shots. It is appointed once for men to die and after this to judgment. The rapture or death. One of those two can befall a prodigal. They'll either die a Christless eternity or they'll get left behind when the rapture takes place. We don't want our prodigals to suffer either one. We want them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And with that coming into mind, I want to approach the throne of grace with the prayer requests that we have. And several of these requests... Of course, we lump them together. Some of these young people are facing the same issues. But every week, we lift up these names in prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we have to be persistent, have importunity, continuously knocking at the door, like the woman with the unjust judge. Persistence and prayer during intercession so join me as we lift up the following names in intercessory prayer for their deliverance and salvation we're going to lift up in prayer several individuals we're going to lift up in prayer two young men by the name of joshua both these young men are facing the same issue the issue of drug addiction. I do believe either one or both of them are in treatment. We want to lift both these young men up in prayer. Touch and agree with me, please. Father, I want to lift up these two young men, both of them named Joshua. And Father, you see that they are struggling, combating the evil nemesis of addiction lord god the enemy has both these young men in bondage believing that they need to take drugs to have peace or to cope with the stressors of life lord god we pray for both these young men heavenly father first of all that you silence the lies of the enemy that is whispering in their ear that they need to use drugs heal them of the physical addiction that their bodies have for narcotics their bodies may crave the drug in their system lord god we pray that you heal their bodies of the need to use drugs their minds are telling them that they need to use drugs to cope with whatever pain emotionally they're going through heal the minds of both these young men heavenly father body and mind lord god Let your healing power come forth on both these young men. Give them strength, if they're both in treatment. Strengthen them to do what needs to be done, Lord God. Give them the willpower and the strength through your Spirit. And Heavenly Father, if neither of these young men know you as Lord and Savior, Lord God. Let your word penetrate their hearts. Touch them both, Lord God. Give neither of them rest until they surrender their lives to you. We rebuke the power of the enemy in both their lives. We rebuke drug addiction. We rebuke the physical need for drugs, the mental and emotional need for drugs. We cast it away from them, and we claim victory, sobriety, total victory for both these young men. Deliver them from addiction. Save them both, Lord God, put them on the path to restoration spiritually. Make them both your children. Let them see that they need to accept you as Lord and Savior, Heavenly Father. We pray for them both and we thank you, Lord God, the work has already begun. We claim salvation for both these young men, deliverance and salvation. Thank you, Lord God, for working in both their lives. We trust you with the process and the method. We trust your timing as well, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to lift up a young man by the name of Edgar. Edgar is the adult son of a dear brother and sister in Christ from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, of which I'm a member of. And Edgar, of course, was living a lifestyle, a wayward lifestyle. And it's our understanding that his young daughter was living with him and may have been witness to some of the things that Edgar was doing. And Edgar has paid a price for his lifestyle. He did come to church once and heard the word of God. But the enemy counterattacks and does not want to see Edgar saved. But we are going to pray for Edgar right now. Lord, we lift up Edgar, Heavenly Father. We Ask you to look upon where he is. You know where he is right now. On Thursday night, March 9th, Lord God, you know where Edgar is, what he's doing, who he's with, what he's thinking, what he's in bondage to. We lift up Edgar before you, laying him before the throne of grace, Lord God. We present him to you. Save his soul. His life is in bondage. His mind is in bondage. Free him from whatever is holding him in bondage. Give him a disdain and a distaste. If it's alcoholism, if it's sex, if it's partying, give him no rest. Give him no satisfaction if he's participating in these things, Lord God. Like the prodigal son, let him see the emptiness of this lifestyle, Lord God. Let deliverance come to Edgar right now. Free him from the clutches of the enemy. It may be through a coworker or through a Christian song or programming. Maybe he'll see something on television or hear something on the radio. Whatever it is, Lord God, get your word to him. Let the gospel, the good news, reach his mind and his heart. We commit, Edgar, to your hands. We thank you for his salvation. The work has already begun. You're moving, Lord. and We thank you and praise you for Edgar's salvation. It's coming. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to lift up in prayer two young ladies. A young lady by the name of Valentina. Valentina. And we want to lift up another young lady named angelica both these young ladies i believe are in their early 20s or late teens if i'm correct and we pray for them every single week and there are issues of course emotional issues maybe low self-esteem or depression or family issues or hostility towards the gospel They may be involved in other things that are distracting them from surrendering their life to Christ. We're going to lift up both Angelica and Valentina before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we lift up these two beautiful young ladies, Lord God, your children, Father, by creation. And Lord God, you see their sufferings. You see the torment in their mind, their soul it may be depression or low self-esteem their minds may be tormented by negative feelings or whatever it is they're going through heavenly father we lift both angelica and valentina up before you lord god we pray that you heal their troubled mind and their troubled souls of whatever is tormenting them whatever is holding them in bondage lord god they may not want to hear the gospel They may not be interested in the Bible or salvation or listening to the good news that Jesus saves. We pray, Lord God, that you work in their minds to change their minds, Lord God, to make them receptive to listening to the gospel. Let your word fall on good ground in their hearts and let it bear fruit. Save both these young women, Lord God. Use them for your honor and glory. Have mercy on them both. Let your spirit touch their hearts and touch their minds, touch their souls. Save both these young ladies, Lord God. Deliver them from the enemy's camp. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's nothing more that Satan would love than to see both these young women in a Christless eternity. Same way Abraham went into the enemy's camp and rescued Lot. We rescue Angelica and Valentina from the enemy's camp. We claim them for you, Lord God. We rebuke the forces of darkness. We thank you and praise you for both their salvation. They are delivered. You begin the work, Lord God. The work is being done in their lives. We trust you again, Lord God, with the process and the method it may happen tonight it may happen tomorrow but it will happen you are working in their lives lord god and we praise you and we thank you in jesus name amen not too long ago my dear brother jamie shock and his wife india shared that their daughter china and their daughter's friend alexa who were involved in an alternative lifestyle, surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ and became born again, accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. We rejoice and we praise God for that. I'm so thankful to the Lord for answering this prayer on behalf of both Brother Jamie and Sister India. There is no way the enemy is going to allow that this continue without a counter-attack. And so we're going to counterattack that counterattack. The enemy would love to lure them back into old lifestyles and old ways. But we are going to pray. And we're going to push back this satanic counterattack and pray their strength in the Lord. Join me as we pray for both China and Alexa. Father, our Lord and God, we thank you for both China and Alexa that you have saved them. From the enemy's camp delivering them from bondage convicting them of their sin leading them to the throne of grace holy spirit we thank you for touching their hearts and minds lord jesus your yoke is easy lord god the same way you called the fishermen and they left their nets you called matthew and as he left his booth you called china and alexa And they responded, we thank you for their salvation, Lord God. We thank you for using them for your honor and glory. But Lord, right now we rebuke the power of the enemy. Satan's going to counterattack and wants to lure them back, retaking them. But right now we rebuke the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus. We lay claim to China and Alexa. We plead the blood of Christ over them both for protection. In the name of Jesus, give them both a double portion of your spirit, Lord God. Give them a hunger to read your word. Strengthen them with all grace and truth and peace, Lord God. Edify them. Encourage them. Comfort them. Strengthen them, Lord God. Make them both the women of God that you're working on making them. They already are women of God. Continue the good work, Lord God, till you bring it to completion, Father. Don't let the enemy snatch them out of your hands. We rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for perseverance and fortitude. Stekos, help China and Alexa stand fast in the faith, holding their ground. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. Amen. At this time, I also want to lift up in prayer my own son and daughter, my daughter Megan and my son Michael. Please join me in prayer. Father, I lift up my son and daughter Megan and Michael, Lord God. And you see the things that they're struggling with, the things that they are in bondage to, it could be low self-esteem or depression or alternative lifestyles or bondage to eastern religions or worldly philosophies whatever it is lord god i pray the deliverance of both my son and daughter my burden for them is what helped me to start this ministry lord god a desire to see prodigals come home in the name of jesus i pray for both my son and daughter that you deliver them from whatever is keeping them from accepting you as lord and savior lord jesus free them from the enemy's camp lord god make them receptive to the gospel if there's bitterness or anger or apathy they don't want to hear the word of god they don't want to listen to a christian program or open up their bibles change all this lord god open up give them a desire to read your word give them a desire to listen to the gospel soften the hardened heart open the closed mind and open the sealed lips so that they confess you as Lord and Savior, Lord God. I don't want to see them get left behind when the rapture takes place, nor do I want to see either of them enter a Christless eternity through death. And so I commit them into your hands, Lord God, for salvation and deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the conclusion of our prayer time. I want to leave you with this insight, which I heard earlier today. There was a sheep herder who had several sheep in his flock, and there were a few lambs in his flock as well. A poison bit one of the lambs, and the face of the lamb swelled up. But that's about as much as happened to the lamb. The poisonous venom of the snake could not kill the lamb because the one thing I did not know was that anti-venom serum, a component of anti-venom serum is lamb's blood. Lamb's blood is used for the purpose of making poisonous anti-venom serum. And so the lamb did not die. So my word to you is this, The enemy may try to inject you with his poisonous venom of doubt or stress or mistrust or disbelief or bitterness or anger towards the Lord as you pray and wait for the salvation of your prodigal. But this poisonous venom will have no effect if you have the blood of the Lamb flowing through your veins. And my prayer is that you continue to persevere and not not doubt the Lord's timing. He knows what it would take to save your prodigal and mine. Trust the Lord. Trust his timing. Trust the process. It's a scary thing to tell God, Lord, do what it takes to save my son and daughter. But your prodigal and mine are in good hands. Trust the Lord with your children. He will save them. He'll deliver them from whatever is holding them in bondage. And so we're coming to the conclusion, to the end of our Parents of Prodigals podcast. And I want to encourage you to continue to pray and fast for your prodigal sons and daughters. I will continue to pray and fast for them. We do not lift up these requests only once a week at this same hour. We pray for these requests during the week and you don't have to wait for a podcast to send in a prayer request sending your prayer request anyway through the website we will see it and we will lift it up before the throne of grace all through the week and then mention it during the live podcast so we can all touch and agree and so that being said our next podcast will be next thursday on march 16th at 7 pm but until then. I leave you with this, as always, continue steadfast in prayer, being watchful therein. And watch the road. Your prodigal and mine will be on it. God bless you, and good night.